This episode of Priority One Podcast is sponsored in part by Geek Nation Tours for helping us provide live coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. This episode is also brought to you by Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Admirals, you're listening to episode 235 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek Online podcast, recorded live on Thursday, August 13th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, August 17th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. And I'm Jace. Jace, what do we have in store this week? This week, it's a look back at Las Vegas and a live interview we recorded with the team behind the Red Shirt Diaries. In Star Trek Online news, we're introducing the new featured episode, Butterfly Effect, and looking at how it leads into the end of the Iconian War and the start of Season 11, A New Dawn. We're also talking about the new Krenim Anorak Science Dreadnought and some of the latest updates on the issue of lag. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages. So chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live. Or answer our community questions by commenting on our website, Facebook.com forward slash Priority One, or via Twitter at STO Priority One. Did you know that this podcast isn't all we've been up to? Be sure to keep your eye on PriorityOnePodcast.com for the latest in Trek-themed news and reviews and Star Trek Online videos made especially by our team. And exclusively on our Facebook page, every month we'll be publishing a new comic following the adventures of the USS Prioritas. Head to Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast and check it out. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, that make this show possible from week to week. Because of their support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page. Just before we move on, we want to let you all know that a friend of this show, Thomas Cruz, is holding a GoFundMe campaign to help cover some of the costs associated with being hospitalized with kidney failure. Some of our listeners will recognize Tom, a.k.a. Maverick or Mav, as a former correspondent for Trek Radio and the producer of the Stoked Podcast. We wish Tom the best of luck in his recovery. If any of you would like to contribute to his campaign, you can donate at gofundme.com forward slash Tom's Recovery, and we'll leave a link in the show notes for this episode at priorityonepodcast.com forward slash PO235. And now, let's check out our interview with the Red Shirt Diaries team, recorded live at Star Trek Las Vegas 2015. You want to play? I don't know. Then let's trek it out. And again, we are recording from Star Trek Las Vegas, the 2015 convention, thanks to our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. And I'm sitting here with 
Jason and Ashley of Red Shirt Diaries, the very successful Red Shirt Diaries. You guys had a really good first season. Thank you. So congratulations, you. because it's been a fan. I, I mean, for one, for a second there, I was wondering if you meant by successful because she still lives through the first ten episodes. Oh right, yeah. So well, yeah. as a Red Shirt, I feel like that speaks to my success and my qualifications. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so tell us about the journey, really. I mean, you know, you guys, we, we spoke. Right Just at, as, right, right at, at the, the beginning, beginning yeah. before you guys launched, right? And so it was that kind of anxiety, that you know, pre-production fright, and then boom, it exploded, and it's awesome. So how's that process been? You know, what have the last few months been like? We've been working on season two since two weeks into launching season one. So it's really been the better part of a year that we've been working on just that season alone. It's been really amazing because we have a lot of really great, like Star Trek fans are the best, right? Because they're the most excited, the most enthused, the most willing to give you money to make more Star Trek. That was lovely. But it's also really terrifying. You know, anytime, as you guys know, anytime you create something and put it out in the world, that's a really scary thing to try and do. But uh, Jason does a lot more of the work on it than I do, so he should probably give the real answer to that question. Well, it's tough because, like, we did the Indiegogo. Uh, we got funded in three days, which was awesome. And we, we, we went over our goal. And since then, it's just been like, how do we execute this the best? Because we want to make sure that the people who supported us get their money's worth, I guess, is the, is the, the, the very cliche way to say it. So you hope that they look at it and they're like, look, they, they actually took the funding and did something with it. It wasn't more of exactly, the, like it's the same kind of format in storytelling, but I think season two is a, has a very different look and feel to it. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's really nice. And it's, it's kind of nice to be like accepted a little bit into the, I guess, the, the sort of Star Trek community because mm -hmm. like we had Larry Nemechek uh, seek us out and then... Um, we adopted him. He became part of season two. And then um, we, we talked to Connor Trenier today, and Connor Trenier was like, yeah, I've seen it. And then and then, and then then Garrett Wong... Yeah, no pressure. Garrett Wong <laughs> was like, yeah, it made me laugh. And it's like, oh, wow, so the legit Star Trek people... And then, oh, man, who is the guy? Is it Doug Drexler? Uh, who makes the models? Yes. Who, yes. Who, who saw the series and just, like, gave us a glowing... Like, he loved it. And so to see the actual makers of Star Trek love our little... Uh, I want to say dinky, not, although not as dinky in season two. Our, our, uh, <laughs> our, our passion project. Yeah, our passion project. Yeah. So. so season two, what's, you know, you, what, tell us about what that story is going to look like. What What has changed now that you have been funded? Right? Well, now that you have been funded, what, you know, sets, costumes, where will the funds? Where's the money will, going? Yeah, where's the money going? <laughs> well, I would say the first off, I will give your podcast an exclusive. We have not announced this yet anywhere else. The premiere of the show is September 14th. Monday, September 14th is episode one. Actually, episode 11, because we're going to keep the numbering of the original series. But to speak to the the money, it's one of a set. Number it's one. It's going to look like the corner yeah, of my room we, now, we, which is really cool. Yeah, like we didn't really talk about this last year because I didn't want to give away the magic. Our season one set was a piece of cardboard with tape. And I'm and not even joking. And it was in a living room. We filmed it in a living room. Wow. This season, this season, we we built three Hollywood flats. It's a corner of a room. We had we a were, studio space. Yeah, we were actually able to pan the camera. We had a studio space to shoot in, and then also the money like for like we we bought everybody got costumes because last year, if you noticed that from season one, we had used a couple Abrams Universe costumes because we had them because already. we had them already. <laughs> like we made the first season so cheap, so we were able to buy everybody new costumes. We were able to make a prop, like an amazing prop, like the space amoeba from Operation Annihilate shows Made by, up. Uh, Adam Drozen who's standing right in front of our He's booth standing up right our, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like that kind of money, uh, that's where the money went. And also, 
for the first time in our series, we were actually able to use the funds to show the outside of the ship. We have some special effects. Wow. We have some special really effects cool. this season. So She's working on that. Is this company called Studio 229 who actually reached out to us and wanted to be involved with the show. We had a lot of people from season one be like, we want to be involved in season two. We, we, ha we have... Uh, four new writers or five new writers? Well, the first in season one was only you and me. Yep. So season two, I think we have six new writers. Six new writers. So not all the episodes are written by us in the season, but we oversaw all of them because I still direct all of them, and we. Jason's basically the showrunner. Yeah, like I, so like there was a lot of things where people were like, "Oh, I want to bring the Borg in," and it was like, "No." Yeah, they're like, yeah. "I want to do a holodeck episode," yeah, and we were like, "Well." Yeah. <laughs> we, we did have one of our writers pitch a holodeck episode for one of the episodes, and I was like, "No, we're not doing the holodeck. Sorry." <laughs> and, and they fought very valiantly for an Orion slave girl, and we acquiesced with an Orion slave girl's arms. Yeah. So they nice. appear very briefly in the corner of the screen. Yeah. So it's just it's it, it's we we wanted to. Because I, I hope we proved in our season one that we can deliver with the comedy. Yes. So now it's like, okay, well, let's put a little bit more polish on top of the comedy, and then let's see where we go. Like, and also we weren't, we didn't want to settle. So we didn't want to just do the same jokes because a lot of people were like, oh, bring Gertrude back, bring Gertrude back. The space. We plant. do bring Gertrude back because everyone loved Gertrude. She's back, and but we wanted to. Tr there's a story arc this season. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an overarching narrative, but. I will say, you have to look for it. In the, in the beginning. Oh, I love that. It, it's not revealed. <laughs> I love and, that kind of writing. Yeah, when you, when you get to the final episode, you'll be like, oh, that's the reason why oh. every time this was, ah. So, oh, and, I, and I think our season finale is going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think anybody's going to expect it. So. I think the episode before the season finale is going to surprise Well, that's people. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But both of those episodes, I think, yeah, are going to be, nobody's going to expect what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know the, the, I, I like that you use that, now it's adding polish to it, because mm -hmm. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You yeah. guys did an amazing first season, and enhancing that is the best goal, right? You mm -hmm. don't have to change anything. Honestly, I'm sure it would have. It still would have been perfect if it was still the cardboard that you guys were doing because you yeah. guys are just I mean, so that's talented. a great cardboard wall. I was a great cardboard wall. <laughs> it really was. So, you know, it's... it's You know, you mentioned the fans and being supported by the fans. Mm -hmm. Our podcast, same thing. Supported by the fans. Yep. And when you are backed in that way, it just makes you so much more passionate about the project and makes you want to work for them. And so, yeah. it's you know, it's great hearing all these things and, and you know, where you want to... The, the direction you're taking the series and how much you're adding to it to enhance it but still keep mm -hmm. the, the joy of what it was. The exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's another thing is, is because we did the first 10, we were able very quickly to learn what episodes worked and what episodes didn't. It was a little trial by fire. Yeah, and, and also like what episodes <laughs> fans way. responded to. So we saw the episodes that fans were just like, eh, and we, we changed it up. So and every episode has a guest star now. Yeah, every, every single yeah there's, there, there's some guest star, there's something going forward. But um, yeah, because the first season was such a trial by fire, we've improved on that. Like, I think our worst episode in season two is still better than our best episode in season one. So, and I don't even know what our worst episode is yet. I'm not saying we don't have any worst episodes. Do we have well, the, 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 maybe yeah, maybe the weakest? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, our weakest episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. None, of them, none of them are bad. But I think every we're, we have 20 new episodes, and season two is 20. Season two it, is 20 episodes. It finishes out uh, the first season of TOS, and then we did a mock time because we had a stretch goal. We had so a stretch goal for a mock time. Season finale is a mock time. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He has Vulcans. Yeah. And well, and and again, we we keep. 
we keep the episode numbering of TOS. So even though our episode one of our season two, we'll, like, it'll, we'll be like, oh, it's our first episode of our second season, the opening credits say episode 11. So you can still like watch through TOS with us. Right, right, right. So. And one thing I liked about from the beginning is the the quality, the video quality, the editing was awesome. Cool. It's, <laughs> Good job, this Jason. is not like for those listeners. This is not one of those homemade like camcorder. Like, you yeah. can tell that it's just somebody's. Yeah, this is good quality. Well, I will promise you that it got better because the set is better. We used a better camera. We used better the lighting. Was really good as it was. Oh, we we, we went really we went good. higher. We used a better camera, better lighting, just everything. And then I also had a friend who professionally color grades movies. He color corrected this season. First season was me, so I was kind of like, yeah, this looks good. No, second season, like second season, I reached out to everybody I knew that could make improvements, like special effects and set building. And we have and multiple editors and, this time yeah. around. Mm-hmm. So, so with in terms of the lighting, you're trying to emulate more the original series lighting. We, we well, it, it was weird because we liked we liked the lighting that we stumbled upon in season yeah. one, which was by pure accident. And then so we just changed a couple things about it, but it's still basically the same lighting. It's also like we have we have new quarters, but there's still like there's one wall that looks exactly the same as the first season, well, but it, there's ad, there's additions. But the new quarters presented challenges because there was things that caught lights weird and new shadows and it just was like you can never stand there or we won't see you and most importantly she now has a shelf I have a shelf yeah she has a shelf shelf full of stuff with knickknacks and props and and I will tell you there's there's funny there's funny easter eggs on that shelf if you look yeah (laughs) and there's also a plot point that, that, that happens on that shelf and and we don't we don't reveal it either until in the first season there was uh, the picture there was right? yeah Gary Mitchell yes yeah yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 he, yes, we yes. still have Gary he is in residence on the wall we have the same poster the Starfleet poster that we had on the wall is there anything else there's a there's a new like a piece in Kirk in the original series he had this brown uh, piece of art with a yeah. frame over it she has that now too yeah we made that she has like new buttons and Wait, like how'd I said, you get a piece of art from the captain's quarters huh? well you know when, everybody has everybody when you know the Jeffries too yeah. you can take whatever yeah. you want yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Why don't we remind everybody how they can get their eyes on to Redshirt Diaries. I mean, they can put their hands on it through the computer they if they really they want. Uh, the, the easiest way to do it is to go to theredshirtdiaries.com. If you forget the the, you're going to go to this weird blog that hasn't been updated for like three that years. That we tried to buy. Yeah. <laughs> theredshirtdiaries.com. Uh, every Monday starting September 14th, a new episode will appear. If you don't like websites, you can go to youtube.com slash jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. You can find me on Twitter with the same spelling. Ashley can be found on Twitter at... Ashley B. Robinson. And there will be lots of clips from here till then, weekly, kind of giving you little teases and scenes about the new episode. And there'll be stuff that we'll be sending you guys, special alike. Yeah, yeah. And there's and this season, behind the scenes on every episode. Awesome. So, Ashley, yeah. screwing up lines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and check out the entire channel because you do some great reviews, man. You do. You have some oh, great cool. videos. Uh, but now I but now I do those reviews on DCL Access for DC oh, Comics. No kidding. Well, yeah, because they saw man. those reviews and congrats. I and I and I got hired. So awesome, make man. YouTube congrats. videos. Make YouTube videos, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, and we look forward to September 14th. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yay! Engage. Engage. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. 
The latest installment in the Iconian War story arc is the featured episode Butterfly Effect, which is just out this week. We'll do a full rundown of it in next week's episode, but today we're just going to talk about how it fits into the end of the war and how it's going to lead into season 11. In Butterfly Effect, which is also called Butterfly in some places, we are once again reunited with Captain Nog. He's on board the research lab in the Kiana system, where it's expected that we will assist him in deciding the best option for how to use the time weapon we're building. This featured episode will run for three weeks, similar to previous featured episodes. Once a week upon completion, players can choose from either a spec point or an enhanced universal tech upgrade, and remember, these have no dilithium cost to apply. Players will also be able to collect the following special rewards. The first week's reward is the Temporal Disentanglement Suite Science Console, which buffs auxiliary power and shield capacity and reduces damage to shields. It also provides a buff to crit chance and severity, which scales with aux power. Week 2 is the Temporal Phase Overcharged Warp Core or Singularity Core. Now this one looks really interesting. It increases aux power and also increases max aux power, which means it can exceed the standard 125 cap. It also has plus 17.5 to EPS, which improves power transfer rates between systems, useful for anyone who regularly moves power around, for instance, with aux to bat. Add to that, it also adds 7.5% of your aux power to your shield power. And then there's the temporal phase capacitor, which repairs disabled auxiliary systems, reduces the recharge time by 50%, and adds plus 15 aux power for 15 seconds. This is looking like a very strong warp core for science captains who like to keep their aux power high. Finally, in week three, it's the omnidirectional anti-chroniton-infused tetrion beam array, or an anti-chroniton-infused tetrion turret. Each of these rewards is one part of a three-piece set, which has a two-piece bonus buffing tetrion damage, and a three-piece bonus, which looks like it provides a tetrion area-of-effect attack, and has a chance to trigger anti-chroniton explosions around targets. Now, this episode, we know, is the penultimate one in the Iconian War. In another month or so, we'll expect to see the finale, Midnight, and then a month or so after that, the start of Season 11, which we talked about last week. So for those of you keeping track and waiting with bated breath for the new Admiralty system or some of the other new features, that puts the release date near the end of October. Of course, we'll update you as and when we have a final date. So that brings us to this week's community question. What are your thoughts on the featured episode Butterfly Effect? And what are your speculations for how the Iconian War will end? This week introduces a new promotion. Until August 27th, Delta Alliance duty officer packs will include a bonus reward in the form of 10 low-buy crystals or a tier 6 Krenim Anorak Science Dreadnought. I know some of our listeners have been clamoring for this ship, as seen in Voyager's Year of Hell, and even had speculated that it would be the subject of just such a promotion. To those folks I say, good luck, because this is one doozy of a ship in my opinion. The Anorax's science heritage shows in its 1.45 shield modifier, plus 15 to aux power, secondary deflector slot, starship ability package, subsystem targeting, and sensor analysis abilities, not to mention its commander science bridge officer seating and five science console slots. However, it is undeniably also a dreadnought, with four four and three aft weapons, a turn rate of six, plus five weapon power, one hangar bay, loaded by default with Krenum Heavy Raider fighters, more on those later, 
four tactical console slots and the potential to load an array of tactical bridge officer abilities if you so desire. Its remaining stations are a Lieutenant Commander Tactical Intel Hybrid, Lieutenant Commander Universal, Lieutenant Universal slash Intel Hybrid, and an Ensign Engineering. Tagging along with its light engineering seating are its two engineering console slots. On top of these specs, the Anorak Science Dreadnought also comes with a few new toys and the ability to make use of some old ones as well. It features a built-in Chronoton Lance, which not only deals damage, most likely akin to abilities such as the Galaxy Dreadnought's Phaser Lance, but apparently renders targets helpless as well. Its fighters, equipped with Coalition Disruptors and Chronoton Torpedoes, are capable of surgical strikes, torpedo high yield, and viral matrix, with higher level of these abilities and the addition of Aceton Beam on the advanced and elite versions. These fighters seem to have a lot of potential. We'll see what reports from the field turn up. This ship can equip both the Krenim and the Zal consoles from the Year of Hell lockbox and can also equip the Tipler Cylinder or Mannheim device from the Temporal lockbox and Lobby ships, which grant the appropriate set bonuses accordingly. But wait, there's more! Its own Temporal Distortion Field console allows the ship to pass slightly out of phase in the manner of Krenim technology, granting increased flight speed and turn rate, immunity to energy damage, but a reduction in outgoing energy damage at the same time. When the effect ends, the ship's temporal wake deals anti-proton damage in an area, holds enemies, and reduces the recharge rate of their abilities. Keeping with the recent trend in these consoles, the temporal distortion field also has a passive effect, boosting exotic damage. Unfortunately, it can only be equipped on the Anoraks. However, the starship trait, Time to Kill, which stacks a damage boost every time you use a science power to a max of three stacks, can of course be used on any ship once you unlock it. Did I miss anything? Probably, but like I said at the beginning, it's a doozy of a ship. Given my love of dreadnoughts, I'll probably at least take a shot at pulling one since there are also solid doffs in this pack. What do you think, Kenna? I think at first glance, I really, really want one. Um, but a lot of that is because of the fact that it's such an iconic ship. But the problem for me is that it seems like the best way to use it is probably on a science-based build, which is not what I have on any of my tunes. So for me, I probably won't miss it not having it because it would take a lot of investment to even get it up to what I would consider anywhere near the levels of my other tunes. However, if I don't get it, which I probably won't, let's be honest, I will kind of feel like I'd missed out because it's such an iconic ship. That would be like me not having a galaxy cruiser in my ship list. Yeah, I understand. I would say it will probably shine in the hands of a science captain, but don't underestimate it. If you really wanted to, you could load this thing up with eight tactical abilities with those universal slots. It's kind of unreal. Obviously, most builds would never really call for that because you can use DOFs and other mechanics to not need that much repetition, but it's extremely versatile. And the only thing that's locked into science is the commander, which gives you some nice tasty grav wells and some other chicanery yeah true i think you probably will get a lot out of it if i you know if i were to take what i'm currently running and just port it over i'd probably get some good ground out of it however i feel like you wouldn't be making the most of that ship or the consoles or the things that come with it and just before we move on i want to mention that there's been some progress made on the lag issues that we talked about last week 
The devs have been holding testing events on the Tribble server where they've been inviting players to run through the Crystalline Entity queue and the Infected Space queue. Those were two areas with the most complaints about lag. The first round of fixes was successful and they've been applied in this week's patch, which we'll get into in a second. But I can say that I've played both queues today and there is a marked improvement in performance. I doubt that this will be the end of the issues, but it's nice to see progress being made. Broken Circle has been made into a level 60 episode and moved into the Iconian War tab in the journal, as is typical when a featured episode is done with its time in the sun. In a vital piece of news to us all, the NPC ears for preservers can no longer be used by players. RIP preservers, we tried to carry on your memory. Intelligence Fleet now affects players only. No longer affects hangar pets, mines, torpedoes, turrets, etc. Also, it may now not be activated while under the effects of a teammate's intelligence fleet. Now, I find this interesting. I don't know how much of a nerf this is where it doesn't affect hangar pets and stuff, but it's kind of nice that you can't fire it off while you're under the influence of someone else's. That way you're not wasting it if someone else in your team has already used their intel fleet. Boost morale also no longer affects hangar pets, mines, torpedoes, etc. And XP fleet bonuses now are properly applied when collecting PVEQ rewards, which is very nice. There were also some other bug fixes and changes in there. As always, I encourage you to check out the patch notes. Link will be in our show notes as well. See if there's anything that might affect your build, your ship, or your captain. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums and the Twitterverse. Al Captain Gecko Rivera tweeted, Well, thanks to Con Crud, we are several men down at Cryptic. My feet have blisters and my wife has bronchial spasms from smoke. Hashtag worth it. Yeah, I've, a lot of people that were at Las Vegas last week have really come down with a lot of problems. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite sad. It's very, uh, very common with especially larger cons. Yeah. Aaron Eisenberg replied to Phoenix Blue about his appearance on Priority One. Sweet. I had a ton of fun hanging with you all this weekend at hashtag STLV, hashtag kiss the staff, smiley face. <laughs> I love him. He's like one of my new favorite cast members of Star Trek. Yeah, I agree. He just approaches everything with such enthusiasm. It's really great to have him be part of Star Trek Online. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't realize at first that he came out on stage for the dev panel in full Nog accoutrement. Yep. Maria Rosso, Zeronius Rex, put out a call for feedback on today's patch. Hey, my STO friends, new build went out today that has some changes which should address lag. Have they helped you? Looking for anecdata. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, don't forget that the Crystalline Cataclysm event is now on. Now through September 3rd, complete the daily Crystalline Entity queue to collect Crystalline shards and complete the event project. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, admirals, we're at that part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, what are your thoughts about Season 11 and what are you most looking forward to? 
We had so many great responses to this question that we just can't fit them all here. So if you'd like to keep the conversation going, feel free to keep posting on the show notes for last week at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO234. Small Yoda wrote on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I'm really looking forward to season 11. I wonder who this new civilization could be. Perhaps this traveler from another time that's mentioned in the blog is in fact the very same traveler that was seen in various Next Generation episodes. I'm looking forward to more details on this new Admiralty system. Could this perhaps be an implementation of the Space Away team that some of us have been wanting? Looks more like a variation on space doffing, but it sounds like they're going to have some tricks up their sleeves to differentiate it from the duty officer system. I'm very curious about it myself. Sanok Skyrat commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, I am very happy to hear about the Admiralty system. Doffing is my favorite thing to do, and the thought I can now send off the old ships I have, like most, I got almost all the Tier 5 ships. Sounds like that NX, Tier 1 Steamrunner, and the Connie will be put to good use. Yeah, I'm very curious about that part. I have all kinds of random ships. They're, it's an offbeat collection, I'll tell you that. Actually, I, had, I used to fly escorts, then I changed to dreadnoughts. No, I like big ships, yeah. Marquez posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com, so very much looking forward to a DS9 revamp, and a possible playable Cardi faction would be nice. Just don't make them too nice and cuddly, like the Romulans now. I really miss my devious, backstabbing, Klingon bashing, it's a fake, people. Great Vegas coverage. Love the Nog Eisenberg Zeronius interview. Kenna, didn't know you were such a musical wonder. 602 Club slash Quarks should contract you. Smiley face. <laughs> hey, and don't forget you, Jace. We could be a dynamic duo, like Space Simon and Garfunkel. Gul Barat writes on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, While I would love Cardassians, I would need to be able to get a re-species token to make my alien Cardassian main into a real Cardassian. I would not want to lose three plus years of work on him. That is a good point. They've talked about a token like that in the past, but it's never quite come down the pipeline yet. Dan Kochheiser writes on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I'm disappointed in the details of the Admiralty system. I was hoping for more of boffs in space and not doffs in space. I'm also not happy with ending the war so soon, but seeing that we will get to explore will be a welcome change. On the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, the Grand Nagus writes, I enjoyed the interview with Gecko. As far as season 11, what I'm looking forward to the most is just getting past this whole Iconian storyline. Honestly, I'm just tired of it and ready for something new. Jonathan Towery posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com, a new story and a brighter outlook is music to my ears. Yeah, and I can agree with both of those guys because I'm not really a fan of all of the everything has to be dark and gritty in order to be significant. And it's been a bit depressing, the Psychonian War, so I'm looking forward to a little bit more bright happiness, like my favorite Next Generation was a little bit brighter and happier, so I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll just hug it out with the 12. Yeah, well, 11 now. Well, I'm, but we can just time warp her back somehow. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll be shake, able to sort that out. We'll shake some chronotrons at her. <laughs> Indeed. And finally, Lennon posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Who is that amazingly talented British guy in the bloopers? He should host his own podcast called Guard Frequency over at GuardFrequency.com. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, crickets. Crickets. Yeah. I'm not sure that's yeah. a great idea, actually. Small Yoda, I agree. Lennon is dark and depressing. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. 
Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One. Or shoot an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 235 of Priority One Podcast. Before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. What are your thoughts on the featured episode, Butterfly Effect? And what are your speculations for how the Iconian War will end? Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a Twitter reply. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat-in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And thanks to Geek Nation Tours, we were able to bring you on-site coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention from our own table at the convention hall. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' other shows like On Screen, providing a new and exciting way to watch episodes of Star Trek, or Guard Frequency Podcast, covering the upcoming space sim Star Citizen. If you like this show, then subscribing to our sister shows is the logical choice. Visit PriorityOneNetwork.com for quick links to each show. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now you can become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah, our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Asmaria Depost. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs. That's T-O-W-R-Y designs.deviantart.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, Al. To our foundry reviewer, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Suite Media for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community, and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red Alert! Ready weapons! Engage!
Transfer complete. We'll do a fail. Uh, oh I'm just looking at the wall of text going, oh my god, there's so much. We'll do a fail. We'll do a fail we'll rundown. We'll do a fail. Oh, breathe. Okay, we can do this. Okay. I feel like Vanna White now. Like, yeah. show us what we've won on week one. <laughs> Useful for anyone who regularly moves power around for existence. Darn, I did it again. <laughs> Hold on. I know how to fix this. Yes, Winters will do it. <laughs> I just wrote Winters' name above it, folks. That's all. Keeping the legend alive. Okay, okay, I'm catching up. Okay, okay, we'll try this out. We'll try this out. While the lag fixes were probably the biggest... Yeah, I want to rephrase that. While the lag fixes were probably the biggest news in the patch notes this week, I suppose I'll soldier on with whatever scraps Ken has left me. Hey. <laughs> oh my god, thank you. And apparently it is the plague. <laughs> I've got con crud, apparently. It's oh, been transmitted wow. through the interwebs. Oh, it's an no, internet I virus. Just... Oh god. Oh god. What are your thoughts about season 11? No, that's not it. That was, la that was this week's. <laughs> Oh, no, it was. It was. <laughs> I'm getting confused. Don't second guess yourself. Uh, oh, no, the plague I've has been, spread. <laughs> the plague has spread. No, worms. I've been hit by a temporal beam of something and been transported. Temporal out. anomaly. On our Facebook page or with a Twitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm being trolled. Is that supposed to be cutesy? Oh, a little Twitter poo. A little Twitter poo. A little, one of the little smiley ones. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> oh goodness winters i know that was you no wait actually hang on a minute that's jace's cursor mm, i didn't do that jace oh i thought we were friends well you were wrong 